You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your hosts, Adam Thorne and Mark Hampton. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. Hello and welcome to another... Oh, that's loud. Hold on. Let me back of my mic here. Another Joe Rogan Experience Review. We got two... Really interesting podcast today. We had the Artie Lang discussion, and then we have Pete Dominic podcast thirteen seventy six and thirteen eighty. Joined as always with my co-host, host, other host, Mark Mark Hampton. How you What's doing, up, buddy? buddy? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Revved up on too much coffee, dude. Me too. Right now, I think. Took, yeah. took the lady out for breakfast and uh, had a lot of. I'm exhausted. I had to get up early for work, and uh, coffee usually does the trick. But no, I'm actually still sleepy, but can't fall asleep. So, well done, Mark. Ooh. Well done. Yeah, that's a mess. Mm-hmm. I had the DMV at fucking 7.30 this morning. Ew. Oh, it's always a nightmare. They just, they've just they they've created the perfect government nightmare. And, <laughs> and it's, it's a lot of that genius. going around, buddy. It's so good. Just when you think you have everything in order, you're like, they won't get me this time. I've got everything. They're like, nope. Nope. Turned out on one of my bills, my last name, the last two letters are switched. The gas company somehow spelt my name wrong, and they were like, we can't accept this. I said, it's clearly me. It's the same address. The N is switched for the E. I didn't notice. And I'm like, all right, cheers. I'll just go kill myself. (laughs) Right? That'll show them. Yeah. Yeah, I know that is showing. That is showing. All right, Artie Lang, Artie, Artie Lang, what a legend! Hilarious comedian, been around forever. Love that guy. Mad TV, I do remember him on Mad TV. Yeah. Um, and he's been in the news recently. Like I think everyone knows that picture. Knows. Oh, dude. Uh, yeah. Sorry. That everyone has seen it. Mm-hmm. It's already, I think, uh, uh, during maybe a, a, a drug arrest. And, yeah. you know, his, his nose is all fucked up. And he looks terrible. Show that to kids. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy how different he looks. It's almost like you almost can't recognize him as the other person. Well, at least in that main picture that's quite it's, famous. It's unbelievable. What happens there? He just what the cartilage dissolves. I mean, how's, do you know the uh, science? Yeah, that? I think so. I think it's like an infection. Uh, it, when he was talking to Joe, he did talk about a time when he like snorted coke that had glass in it. Ow! So, yeah, I'm sure that was a problem. I'd say so. Um, that's that's yeah. a fun medical history to fill out. Well, it's like, come on, drug dealers. You, I know you're drug dealers, but putting glass in the drug, like, surely there's something else you could put in there. Man, so Dr- you're running out of white stuff to cut coke with. You just like, I know glass. We get some glass. That's smart. Drug dealers just don't have the work ethic they used to have. <laughs> they They're don't. Just cutting I, corners. I'm surprised. I'm disappointed. It's like you guys keep doing this. You know, you're gonna grow up to just sell. A little more drugs. Okay. okay, never mind. Bad analogy. Yeah, more drugs. Oh, shit. Okay, good point. <laughs> like, I'm disappointed with the moral ethics of co- coke dealers. Exactly. Uh, I guess you got to make your own, folks. Make your own Break, drugs. If Breaking Bad taught us anything, it's just make your own drugs. 
Don't buy them from other people. That was the moral, right? That was the moral. Yeah, it is. Cut out the middleman. I think was also was was the other title to another spinoff. <laughs> I, I think had. so. <laughs> well, yeah. anyway, Artie is nine nine months sober, mm-hmm. right? Nine months. So good for him, and he's a good friend with Joe. Joe's known him a long time. I think uh, so. Joe flew out to New York for the UFC and made the effort to uh, go see him and support him, which is awesome. You yeah. know, good friend. That's a great thing to do, and it's nice. Joe loves those stories. People kind of turning things around, and in nine months is, you know, it's not forever. I mean, you'd have more faith, I think, if it was longer. People that are in Artie's circle are probably still nervous. You know, I'm sure Artie is too. You got to take that shit one day at a one time. One day, literally. He's done. Yeah, it's... Which which is an important thing to remember, really, for anything. Even if mm-hmm. you're just trying to cut, I don't know, down on your carbs or quit smoking or re- really even pretty simple things like, shit, I'm going to not play as much many video games because I'm wasting my life. Right. You know, if you notice that you have a bad habit, it's the same. It's just one, one day, day at a time. Yep. You know, it, like we think that these things just stop, like this desire just forever disappears never goes away one day and it's yeah probably i'm sure with with some drug problems especially you you got to respect that shit like it's going nowhere oh dude i mean close family member of mine relapsed recently and you know back you know back in meetings back in the program sober 60 60 days 90 days something like that um and this person said their uh, the greatest enemy was their arrogance. They were like, "Yeah, I was pretty sure." It's like, "Oh, I beat it. I kicked it." So I didn't need to do meetings anymore. I didn't need to go over the mantras. I didn't even focus on my sobriety. And boom, it just snuck up on him. And all of a sudden, he was he'd been using for six months. And he was like, "Ah, I have to stop this, or I'm going to die." Oh shit! Yeah. yeah. The, there's probably a ton of shame as well with. Using again, oh, if people so much, you man. Were clean. Although um, it's like eighty percent, eighty percent of addicts relapse the first time. A lot of times, it, that's is that yeah. Right? A lot of times, they don't get really serious until after their first relapse. As long as they don't fucking die. I come from a long line of addicts and alcoholics. I know a lot about this shit. <laughs> wow, yeah, it's. I don't have a, I really don't have any experience, to be honest, with anything other than um, just a bunch of alcoholics that I've mm-hmm. known. But I've never even known one of them to try and quit. Yeah, they just keep being alcoholics, yep. and mm-hmm. and and really none of them that were close to me, it was so bad they were like losing their jobs or you know, there's a lot of functional alcoholics to out death there. type. Yeah, yeah. So so I haven't seen it firsthand but i've heard stories and i've heard how awful it is and to to be so close to it um it must be heartbreaking because there uh, there's not much you can it do is. i'm sure Man, oh, there's there's zero you can do yeah i mean the only thing you can do is tell them how you feel about it and that's it that's that's your only power when you know person close to me that relapsed i was like look look dude um you're you're gonna die. That's all I said. Is like, you're gonna die. It's like if you don't take this shit seriously and really like quit with the bullshit, so you're gonna die. I was like, that's it. 
It's like you either get better or you die. And it said, and dying isn't the worst thing, man. It's the time it takes to get there. I said, because it's going to be slow and agonizing and miserable. It's going to be torture with periods of getting high in between. But you'll kill yourself and you'll lose, you'll lose everything and then you'll die. And that'll be what you've left with the world. And, um, I don't know. That's, that was, I don't know if it made a difference one way or the other, but that was me expressing it. Because I feel like sometimes you have things have to be put in those terms. Not like, well, you're going to get better, or I believe in you, I support you. It was like, these are your options, man. Let's cut through the bullshit. This is what is left. You get better or you die. Yeah, well, I'm sure some tough love needs to be said, mm-hmm. you know. I think I think whatever needs to be said it, to be the most efficient way of getting someone to quit is what you say. Regardless of what it yeah. is, I you know you, you'd have to study it all, mm-hmm. and I'm sure the the rehab places and the AA meetings and stuff they they have like they're gonna know better than most people. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, whatever it takes because it's just so hard. I would imagine that it's like, well, who cares how we go about it as long as we save their life and then they can reflect on it later. One hundred percent. He talked about already talked about knowing Mitch Hepberg back in the day, and I one time. You know, and he said it to Joe, which I thought was it, like it really stuck with me. It was like Mitch said, um, "I just can't quit. Like I'm never gonna quit." Mm-hmm. And that it was like that moment already was like, "Holy shit! Like this guy's gonna die soon. Like he just will." Yeah. Like, but but to be able to say it that honestly and that openly and just, you know, I don't know if he found peace with it or whatever, but he he at least knew. I mean, I just can't even imagine. What's the biggest addiction I've had? Probably smoking must be the the biggest addiction because that one's a tough sure. one. And it's and you know to think that it would be completely impossible and totally out of any capacity I had to stop would be pretty terrifying. Mm-hmm. Well, your you brain know? thinks you need it to yep. survive. I mean, it just it just does. You'd be like quitting mm. your brain. As far as your brain is concerned, I think it's like it's quitting water. You know what I mean? Or food. It's like no, right. I have to have this, or I'll die. You'll just want to die. Yeah. Wow. Almost like tricking your brain that like, oh, I no longer need food, and you're like starving, hungry, and your body's like really struggling, and you're like, actually, food is poison. I can't have it, mm-hmm. and your brain just doesn't believe doesn't it. believe it. That is that's yeah, that's weird. That's real weird. Especially, again, to see... I mean, he said that he was, like, either doing heroin or high all the time, even back in the day when he was on Mad TV. Sure. Like, or really performing anywhere. And and that that made me go back and watch some of the Mad TV stuff, just because it was cool. Like, when I'm listening to podcasts and they talk about some old things youtube is so easy to just pull some shit up on Mm -hmm. and there was a sketch that they talked about that uh rogan was in with Artie on mad tv and i'll put a link in the bio for that uh just so you watch it it's just like a short little um like comedy sketch it's a bit silly but you know just knowing that the chances are he was high as fuck during a lot of the scenes it Mm kind of makes a bit more sense yeah absolutely like you're like oh okay yeah that guy does have a lot of energy yep (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, that's some cocaine there. That'll do it. Um, That'll do it. Yeah. God, I I he, can't even drink. This is Red a Bull. kind of forced. This is a kind of forced sobriety for him too, 
mm-hmm. it, from what I could tell. Like he, I mean, he's been arrested so many times now. Sure. That I guess, and they're testing him all the time. Mm-hmm. So I guess, I guess if he if he fucks up just one more time, that's goes to it. jail. And he's in New York, I believe. Yeah. So they must have pretty strong, like pretty strict rules out there once you fucked up a bunch. They do. I mean, I think, I think a lot of places are getting a little more evolved on drug use and things like that, and you know, terms of you know addictions, a disease, and it's not simply a choice um but there also comes a time where there have to be ramifications so it's one of those things but if you keep keep using drugs we're giving you chances but you did some shit and if you keep doing it you're going to jail person i love um essentially robbed a bank essentially robbed a bank um and um they he was put on probation because it wasn't violent or anything but it was basic to the tune of you're going to pay it all back and you're under gonna you're under gonna you're gonna undergo drug testing, and you're gonna be on probation and stuff like that. As long as you pay it back and don't use drugs, you're fine. But if you do, if you fail to pay, make a monthly payment, or you use drugs, you're going to jail. That was pretty much how it was. Oh yeah. wow. Well, you probably have to be that strict because you know you're already dealing with have someone to. who's like willing to rob have a bank. To. Give them an inch, it's they'll like, take well, a mile. Exactly. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. One hundred percent. Through. What I really appreciated through the whole like conversation and podcast with with Ari and why I think it's so important for anyone trying to kick a habit or understand addiction is that it was really funny too. Like Ari was fucking hilarious. Joe was laughing a ton. I love that. It was just it was fun to listen to, and of course broken up with crazy stories. But I mean, you know, he's still a very funny comedian, right? You know, with great stories, just talking about the old days. And there was a lot of, like, reminiscing now that he's, like, kind of, you know, I mean, he's, like, sobering. Mm-hmm. And and it was great, you know. It was, like, it was really fun. But he, he would just, you know, he the point of him being there was talking sobriety. Right. And that's what Joe wanted to get to the bottom of. And, and you, you, almost, he, you couldn't help but, like, be reminded again, oh, yeah, this isn't just comedy. This is about... A thing that fucking this is kills real life, people. yeah. And well, one of the things that he said that really stuck with me as well is he said, I can't remember who he said said this, but they go uh, with in regards to heroin. They can get it out of your body, but they can't get it out of your brain. It's true, and that's kind of terrifying. Yep. It's like, do you always want to do it again? Yes, they do always. It's it's like it's that they good, kn- or it's just yeah. It's like the, um, I think I heard this. I don't remember where I heard it, but, and it might not be true, but it kind of sounds like it's true. It's like the 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 need to do drugs is like when you're in a, when you're an addict, especially when you're on like heroin and like the first thirty days. The need to do drugs, the pull to do drugs, is like a thousand times more powerful than how horny you are as a teenager, type of thing. So as much as you, oh yeah, as much as you want to have sex, it's like way worse, way worse. Can you imagine? Yeah, somebody uh, that I know once described heroin to me um, as how did they describe it? just like the best drug ever, hands down. Mm-hmm. Like that was number one in in terms of obviously it's the the worst drug too, but in terms of like what the high is, right? So that's a very scary factor because it's like you know it's the 
greatest comforting feeling mm-hmm. whatever which in a way is another thing that terrifies me because you're like oh god you were gonna want that again yep um but but then when you stop <clears throat> somebody described it as like somebody like tapping you all over your body and being like excuse me excuse me excuse Ooh. me like just constantly and the only thing that can stop that noise is More <laughs> uh yeah like jesus whoa. christ yeah yeah, I think I was stoned too when I heard it, and it's like one of those like when you've smoked a joint and somebody tells you that it, things just kind of resonate differently. I was like, oh, that's kind of freaking me out, Oof. bro. I don't want to, I want to know Oof, about man. that. Yeah. yeah, I'm good. Never, never done. I've never been on morphine. Never been on anything close to that. So I've never experienced that. Yeah, I don't. Th- I I don't think I have either. I don't think I even a- ever had to take morphine for anything. But I don't even like opiates. Uh, some Percocet. I don't like opiates. I don't like t- like when I threw my back out. I I took one like a Vicodin or something a couple months ago. And I didn't like it. I didn't like it. And it only lasted for like an hour. And I was like, I'd have to do this all fucking day to make it worth it. Huh? What a waste of money. Well, you're probably just not trying the right ones. It's entirely possible. I'm sure, there's. All right, yeah, fine. I'll try it again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's entirely possible. Yeah, man. Well, you know, I, at the end of the day, I mean, geez, best of luck to that dude. He Joe did talk about him starting a podcast. I mean, when does Joe not talk about trying to get people to start podcasts? He already definitely should. I mean, all his time on... Uh, the Howard Stern show. Exactly. Hearing how fucking hilarious he is, he could do it from his mm-hmm. house. I mean, you know, the dude is is just absolutely brilliant. Uh, did you listen to much Howard back in the day when he was on there? No, because I um, I was in what Alabama at the time, and there was absolutely no affiliate that would carry Howard Stern in Alabama. So, like, is yeah, one hundred percent Alabama, Tennessee, some bumfuck area in those states and um yeah the you i'm the first i really had really heard about howard stern was like on an entertainment tonight or some shit and then i saw and i'd never heard a show and i saw private parts the movie and i fucking loved it and i was like this is fascinating oh, so but good. no i never but i you know i've never been like a radio listen to radio or listen to podcast guys like it's just not i listened to some of the la radio shows when i would drive to work before i worked at home and like and then they fired like my favorite guy off K Rock, and I was like, "Well, I'm never listening to this again." So, like, I've never been really a big guy to listen to that shit anyway. Yeah, I guess where would most people have done that? I mean, it, just at work, I guess, right? Because he was kind of on in the day, right? Yeah, work so or commute, I guess. Just kind of have it running, yeah, running in the background. Exactly. Um, I guess like drivers and stuff. Um commuting yeah that would make anything sense anything like yep. that you could put it on for sure uh-huh. absolutely legend though legend. so massive i mean god did he change changed the, everything the face of everything when it comes to radio probably did pave the way in in a lot of respects for what podcasts can be today just from the attention just from the fact that uh somebody can sit there for three hours and talk absolutely and and people will listen absolutely like he created that kind of like it, it's almost like hanging out with Howard mm-hmm. Stern because he's on for so long, you know? Exactly. Absolutely. And it's weird, too, that he knew that Artie was, like, fucked up most of the time. Yeah. Like, because Howard, not that he's, like, straight-laced, but he 
he would do fucked up things on his show, but he was generally like pretty held together. Yeah, he was a pretty straight dude for I the most part. He really was. I mean, he was just. I mean, he's he admits as much that most of it was an act. Most of it was just you know yeah. a crazy thing to make people listen because that's what he that's mm-hmm. what he knew would set himself apart. But uh, it's all works. Yeah, absolutely. So. And and what and you don't need to be the lunatic. Just have no, the lunatic exactly on, like, like Artie. Have Artie on, like Artie. Have yep. him on. A bit of a shame, though, in some respects, because and and not to like give anyone a hard time, but it's it's a little. Uh, it's like kind of enabling, right? It's almost like, well, hold on. If he starts getting sober now, maybe he won't be as funny. Yeah. That, uh, that's a people always said this about Aaron Sorkin, the guy that wrote The West Wing, because he was on cocaine, and and then I guess when he got sober, the show dipped a little bit in quality, and people were like, "Put him back on the cocaine," <laughs> like, oh, it's so fucked up. <laughs> it's so fucked up. I know. I regret yes. saying it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Was it Stephen King was the same way, right? Didn't he write a bunch of books on coke and doesn't even remember writing them? Oh, I think you're right. I think you you're right. About yeah, that? absolutely. Yeah, and he's just like I had no idea. I don't know if his quality got better or worse, but I'm sure it changed. I'm sure so it there's did. something there. That's probably where he came up with the idea of the space turtle and giant spider for it and stuff like that. Drugs, drugs, oh, and more yeah. drugs. Well, I mean, most. I mean, I was talking to my buddy who's a staff writer. Um, he said most staff writers in television are just on Adderall like crazy. They just like and don't even need it. They're just on it because they got to stay up and they got to work, 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 work. Well, yeah. Once you get on it too, I mean, that's basically a type of math. I mean, right? you, you, it's not easy to get off it. If you have a, a pretty decent prescription, meaning like high milligrams, mm-hmm. you know, anywhere around maybe 40 milligrams and above. I mean, you're going to have serious withdrawals Oof. for a while. And they don't really, you know, psychiatrists. I mean, I've had um, Adderall. I had an Adderall prescription when I was in college. Okay. And and uh, there, there was never a time that my – got to go to a psychiatrist, right? And they don't really talk to you about anything. They're just like, how you doing? You're like, great. And Adderall helps. And they're like, okay, here's right, your of prescription. Course. See you next month or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, But there's no talk about – like, oh, it, just so you know, if you, like, abruptly stop this, you're going to feel fucking <laughs> weird, go through a maybe get depressed, uh-huh. act out, and you might not even know why. Because, you know, you, you're not, when you're taking it, you're not really thinking, oh, yeah, I, I'm on meth all the time. You don't really think that <laughs> right. at all. You just, no, you're just taking it, you're like, it's a medication, I guess I could just stop. Sure. Like, it's, it's. That's kind of strange. Yeah, but I mean, hell, the um, difference between illegal drugs and perfectly legal drugs sometimes is just the orange bottle it comes in. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean that's <laughs> yes. it. It's got your name on it. Oh, I can bring. I can take yeah. heroin anywhere now. It's got my name on it. It's it's legal. <laughs> oh, also, you can count on it not being cut with glass for mm. the most part. That you know that, yeah, and that's that. the good thing. You know, you're not sacrificing quality. It really is. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's, Goddamn it's, glass. It's not organic. Ooh, and and he mm. hasn't. He's he can't f- fix his has have surgery on his nose for a while or something. Is that right? Is that what he said? That's that's kind of what he was saying. Yeah, because I guess his doctor's worried that they're going to give him pain meds, right. and then fuck that. He's right. 
you know, he's high again. Exactly. I mean, he's obviously going to abuse him because he loves being high. He talks about how much he loves being stoned. Um, and God bless him for being that honest. No, totally. You know, it's the first just, step. You, you got to be honest with that. But, but uh, yeah, I guess not. So he has to wait. He has to have that fucked up nose. I watched a little bit of the video. Yeah. Um, because it was filmed in a different studio in New York, so it looked different, a different setup than Joe's regular uh-huh. studio. The, so I watched a bit of the video just to kind of, like, <clears throat> see how he looked, and, and yeah, that nose is a mess. It's definitely Oof. a mess. He's he's going to want to get that Dev- It looks like eventually. it just collapsed in on itself. Like it was mm-hmm. a condemned building that came down. That's the best <laughs> yeah. way I can describe it. Like the main- It looks like somebody, well, yeah. I mean, did it just happen naturally? Did somebody punch him or something? Like... And it just like there was no cartilage. I, d- I don't really know. I think that I think that it's just like lots of infection, um, and it and it probably just falls to pieces. Damn. Um, yeah, I don't really know, but he has a supportive community. That's great. Um, he even talked about it when he was in jail. Like people are supporting him. Howard fans, um, you know, from the Stern Show, and and just just in general. And I and I think for sure. After this podcast with Joe, you know, he's going to be getting a lot of support. And that's great. It is. And, and God, hopefully he sticks at it because he is. He's too fucking funny. It's awful to keep losing these great comics to, to drugs, you know? Um, it's just awful. It's awful for anyone. But, uh, you know, I'd rather have the best of these people for as long as possible. Absolutely. Of Selfishly. I want to see his comedy, you know? I'd listen to his podcast if he starts one. I think he's fucking yeah. hilarious. He's and always been man, funny. does he have some good stories, yeah. I mean, it's probably the advantage of this crazy life is now he, he could go on tour, do like the rehab tour where he just tells like prison stories and drug stories and the, they'd be funny oh, as dude. fuck. They, he's done drug stories for his, a long time. His but. new sets are written for the next 20 years. Some of Richard Pryor's funniest shit was him talking about getting off drugs. Some of the funniest shit I've yeah. ever heard. <laughs> Love it. He definitely had some oh, of those. Oh, yeah, he had many well, of those. His addictions, Artie's addictions don't even stop with drugs, though. I mean, the gambling stories he was telling were kind of crazy. Oof. And, you know, and then he's high and gambling. And when he said that he thinks he spent somewhere around $3 million <clears throat> overall, <laughs> On uh, on gambling. Ooh. I mean, that's fucking mind blowing. That's brutal. Imagine just living with that and knowing you're like, oh my god, oh, oh three million $3 million dollars. Good God, set for life, three million dollars. Oh. He just loses. Oh, that's it. a fuck ton of money. Yup. Yeah, fuck ton of money. Fuck ton of money. Well, before we move on to the to the Pete Dominic podcast, I did want to do like a bit of a <clears throat> kind of a throwback, I guess. It's a documentary I've been wanting to watch for a long time from a guest for have you heard of the free solo documentary? The rock climbing one? Yeah, it's uh, on uh Disney Plus, which I just uh just got. I keep well, I keep going past that icon. I'm like, oh, what is this? Yeah, free solo. Ooh, Disney Plus shout out. Shout, shout out. Our out new sponsor. No. <laughs> if, yeah, right. As if. That'd be great. Yeah. I'd do it just for a free Disney Plus uh, account. <laughs> but so free solo, I watched it on the plane come back from yeah. Paris. And Alex, the, the kid in the movie, he's been on Rogan before. He's 
he's been on a few times like he's a friend of rogan's and and rogan is just obviously like it's one of those things where he's just kind of you know enamored by like the crazy shit that this dude does like how do you do it like this is insane and he came on after the doc came out or was about to be released and i've been meaning to watch it for a long time and i and i I really want to go back and listen to the podcast again just to, after seeing it to get a feel. But that movie, if you haven't seen it, whether you're into rock climbing or not, is absolutely okay. brilliant. You have to watch Noted. it. Noted. My hands were sweating on the oh, plane. No shit. I okay. was I was straight up, I was anxious watching it. Like it is absolutely terrifying. I knew the dude survived because he came on Rogan. Sure, sure, I sure. I knew he didn't die. But I still was like, he's gonna die. <laughs> I just couldn't believe that he it was not That's about how you to. know it's good it, man actually you're like i know how it so ends inspiring. and i'm still terrified yeah it, it's so inspiring though too because of how difficult the thing is that he's doing right yeah and that basically anyone listening is not sure a free solo is like when you rock climb and you don't have any ropes and then you climb really fucking high and you you know you could be halfway up a fucking cliff face you got nothing. Like you can't just get tired or hurt your finger or want to go mm-hmm. home. I mean, you've got to finish it. And any little step could end it. And some of the holds and the crevices are so small and just the way he talks about everything. It's just like it's really fascinating. Have, have you ever uh, And uh, I recommend to anyone. I recommend to anyone. Have you ever rock climbed before? You know, a little bit mm. on those you know, on a boulder here and there, and those sure. those inside rock climbing walls. It's pretty fun. It's I can. Hard. It's really. Difficult. I can safely say this. So I can safely say this without reservation. Um, that if I decided to free solo uh, a rock face, I would not die. And here's why: I would fall off about two feet above the ground, and maybe sprain my ankle, and I'd be like, "Yeah, you know, I don't think because I think that's as far as I would fucking make it." <laughs> You're like, I gave I'd be like, that was shot. it. That was, let's go. Let's go make some s'mores now. Yeah, I'll, I'll be by the campfire. Exactly. While you guys die, <laughs> and I'll be fine. Yeah. Well, the, the crazy number of free solo guys that have died is like they, you know, they kept announcing it like throughout the documentary. I, you know, they weren't dying during it, but they were just showing clips of people, and then like, you know, they're when they were born and when they ended, and it's just like, oh my sure. god. Oh my god! But wow, just it's you know what I think. What we love about those documentaries, or any documentary, and ever since they really started showing them on Netflix, is like, is like how it shifts your paradigm in your mind. Mm-hmm. Like you watch it, and you're like, oh my god, everything is upside down. The Monsanto one, the Zeitgeist one, the fucking sugar ones. I mean, it, it's almost a lot of them can do that. They really just they're showing you something, and then it just goes. This is why this happened, and you had no idea, and it's it kind of shocking, yeah. right? And it, that emotional pull, and and this one definitely did it, but in a very different way. It wasn't like, oh, I don't believe it. it just seeing that, like any human beings do things like this, you're like, what the fuck? That's nuts. Like, wow, I'm a coward, <laughs> and I'm not motivated. <laughs> I'm not a coward, but I'm also not an idiot. I know what I can do and what I can't do. But <laughs> that is definitely something I can't do. Sounds like something a coward would say. <laughs> Touche. There we go. All right. So, Pete Dominic, podcast 1380. Pete's an old friend of Rogan. Um, I'm not too um, clued up on his stand up. I 
think I rec- kind of recognized his voice, so I may have listened to his show before, maybe on accident. He had a serious uh-huh. show, a serious radio. Um, was doing three hours a day type of thing, like you know, long form, like Rogan's right, stuff. Yeah. You know, and it's not it's not uncommon for Joe to do five pods in a week. I know he does a few in a day sometimes. So it's but that's almost like three hours a day, sure, really for a week, yeah. and. Um, yeah, he worked for corporate and for whatever reason, they, they just recently canned him. I don't think they, they even from, from the conversation he had with Joe, it wasn't even all that clear why mm. it just that happened. That sucks, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess Sirius doesn't give you your numbers. They don't tell you how many listeners you have. Yeah. That's becoming Kinda more weird, and more right? prevalent. Well, it's also, it's, it's well, also uh, like Netflix doesn't give numbers to their shows and stuff like that or release numbers to the public. But it's also a way of like guarding against residuals and stuff like that and knowing your value. Because if you have the most popular serious show you and you won't, you won't even know it. So how could you, you know, it's, it's yeah, a makes sense. point. Yeah, it's bullshit. Saying that, I wonder, I wonder if there is um, a way that like some nerd out there could come up with a way to like speculate oh, there is. and there track... Is downloads of netflix 100 there is kind of release that information to people that sell their shows to netflix so that they then have at least a little bit of uh negotiating they, they do. tools they do they're, you know? i mean there's statistics all because i read them on all the movie sites i go to and stuff like that like they'll do sti- how do you think they get them is it kind of like that emerson i think it's like stati- um, statistical analysis so like 538.com type stuff like they just pull statistics and things like that average users yada 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 i don't i mean i haven't gone much into the metrics because i'm like oh okay whatever because i just give it a cursory glance and then i move on yeah but unless they can actually kind of hack into the streaming portion right. it would all have to be survey based they must I be doing so. some sort of it might be like polling type of polling data things like that who knows you know i used to have you've heard of emerson uh-huh. right they're the the yeah. surveys i used to have that i was the and i think they only release a couple per city for like a a, a year or two and we were one of we were one of we were for Santa Monica. So think how many people are in Santa Monica, yeah. right? A lot of Too people. Many. And they when when they take stats for an area, they at least Emerson, they only count those boxes. So I was like one of three no people. Shit. So I used to find it quite funny to watch like the cupcake show. What was the fucking cupcake show called? Making cupcakes or cupcake master was it like it was a stupid show was it yeah like on <laughs> cooking channel or something i don't know one of them okay it's like iron chef but just for cupcakes. Right. so i used to put it on all the time because i thought i wonder if this really boosts their numbers oh interesting you know <laughs> there's like millions of people in santa monica they're like my god millions of people are watching this, Whoa, cupcake this, this show. cupcakes are so goddamn popular in a town where gluten is outlawed <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I just used to think that shit was funny. And then what another thing I would do is like constantly play Rambo. Like we had <laughs> we had saved on our DVR different Rambos and I would just I'd play them and walk off. I would just leave it and the and the thing would just remember Rambo. I'm like, let's pump some Rambo numbers. All right. That's a, let's get the number one show in Santa Monica is Cupcake Battles and Rambo. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, I I forgot that I did that. I mean, it wasn't for any comedy value 
it, it, the only person it was amusing was me. That's and enough, I, man. I never even like talked about That's people hysterical. doing it. I just found it funny. I was like, someone somewhere is seeing a spike in a chart and going, "Holy shit! I think we should, you know, get another Rambo movie in the world." That's works. so fucking funny. I'm I'm not taking credit for it, but it I, I might be. I might be like five percent of the last investment. You are, you're why um, we've statistics. got Rambo four and five. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Um, That's amazing. So yeah, Pete was canned. Pete was canned. He's he's obviously nervous. He sounded nervous. I liked a lot of how Joe was kind of pumping him up. Yeah. Anytime that that he got in, and that's what Joe does that well. It, it, but it really does sound like, you know. There's a lot of those guys out there that like motivate people, they're motivational type people, and a lot of times you find out they're full of shit. Of right? course, uh, with Joe, it really does seem like he has no time for like sitting around and dwelling. No, because Pete will be like, "Well, I don't know about this," or like, "We could try this, but I'm not sure about that." And Joe is just like, "Listen, just do the work. Forget about that. Don't even think about that. Just jump on, start the podcast. You've already got your audience." You know, pull them in and and hustle out and and don't worry about you know one failure, two it not working, like any of the things you can't control. It's true. I love that thought process. You know, and he, and remember, he's saying it to his yeah. friend. Like this, this seemed like homies. quite and like yeah, it was a it was a uh, a personal conversation. You know, this it really felt almost like overhearing a phone call rather than listening to a podcast. Because it was someone that needed some advice. They needed some help. I don't think that they talked a lot about this stuff before. And Joe was like, fuck yeah, I'll have you on. I'll help you out. Like, we do two things. i help you get all the kind of publicity you need to get this thing started. And also, you know, I'll give you advice and pump you up at the same time. I mean, it was it was a cool dynamic. It was really good. No, oh, that's really cool. That's, uh, that's, it is really cool. And you... you you remember those articles you see uh, in some some op-ed or something? It's like, you know, 10 habits of successful people. And one of them is like, make the bed. And others like, they get up early and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yada, yada, yada. All these successful people I've ever met are like Joe. And they're like, just do it. Just go. Just do it. Don't worry about it. Just do it. They don't have time to worry about bullshit. They just go. They just do things. Yeah. That's the one common denominator. That has to be... Right. If it's if it's not your philosophy, you better hope you have people around you. <clears throat> excuse me, that think that way, pushing you yeah. to do it. Otherwise, you it's won't. True. And I do find any time that I don't say that to myself immediately, I know that I'm already talking myself yep. out of it. Yep. And and it's easy to oh. do. It's so easy. I could tell you know I could pick five things now that I want to do. And every time I think about doing them or make any move on doing it, um, I already start coming up with that. Oh, but what if the this? And what happens if they don't let me? Or what happens if I don't get exactly. the job? It's like, well, you don't fucking know until right. you try it. Like, just fucking go. Hammer it out. Exactly. That's 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 a nice internal dialogue to have. Yeah. For sure. But, you know, it's the... I guess easier said than done, always. though, right? I mean, well, it's how you know, if you've just lost your job and you're Pete, it's probably difficult to have that oh, mindset. Oh, 100%. I'm not I'm not be- criticizing anyone for having that mindset. I have that I have that I have those two voices going to battle constantly in my head. I'm just saying I notice in Joe the same characteristics I notice in all the successful people I know. 
You know what I mean? But you, but that's just I, yeah. I can, I, that's a trait, and we all are who we are, type of thing. Joe is mega successful. He's just mega successful, but he's fearless. I mean, I think fear, or at least he comes across as fearless, or he doesn't let fear overtake him. That's let's put it that way. No, I th- careful with that one. That that fearless thing is always that's so annoying. That's like our buddy Garrett. Uh, shout out to Garrett. <clears throat> he just constantly talking about, I'm not into fear. I don't believe in it. I'm like, okay, dumbest thing right, I've yeah. heard in a long <laughs> yeah, time. You, you better like, believe in the antibiotics it's not you really need for that STD because you weren't afraid of that chick. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Lord. <laughs> shout out to Garrett. <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah, shout out to Garrett. But it's but it's that, right? It's like there the fear is there. Like I think Joe is is not even it's not about being fearless. It's about being f- really fearful in the craziest way. It's like he's constantly reminding himself what fear is, where it is, and the only way to have any control over this thing that we all have to face, which is fear, is to keep facing Always. it. Day in, day out, all and the time. I think time. that's what most people. You know, you you go to that show, stand up on the spot that you and I yeah. have been to, and we watch a very difficult thing taking place. Difficult, even for stand ups. Very like, incredibly difficult. And then we're watching them go from being pretty much like you see it in their eyes. Like these comedians get up there. Joe usually goes last on that show, and it's a great show. If ever you're in LA, fucking watch it. Jeremiah Watkins, legend. legend. But he goes up last a lot of times um, because he's like the headliner of it, of course. And, you know, often he says that he smoke some weed before he goes up because it kind of makes you creative. That's, that's helpful. Mm-hmm. But no, now you're stoned and you've got to take um, suggestions from this half the time idiot audience that just shouts out nonsense because it's kind of difficult to come up with things for them to work mm-hmm. on um and there they are they just they look no they look scared like you get to see joe looking scared and then by the end of it everyone's laughing everyone's having fun he's having fun it's all good but it, he has to put himself in that position to stay ahead True. of it and that's it's powerful stuff because because oftentimes we're trying to hide from this thing we do we're like running away from what our fears are and they're fucking hell I'm, i'll tell you this fear can run faster than you can so it doesn't fucking matter where you go. oh hell yeah i think I, I going back to the fearlessness i think when people say they're fearless or people describe someone as fearless i think it's more like they don't let feel fear control them i think that's more of an apt way to put it they're like yeah i'm afraid but i'm gonna do it anyway i think that's definitely Definitely, and it, and I think that's I think because of that, a new even though fearless is a nice expression and it's a great compliment. I think for people that are trying to combat their own fear, I, I think it's like it almost needs a new saying. You know yeah. what I mean? I remember that when I was first trying to get into stand up and thinking about what it takes, I was like, I'm I'm not brave enough for this, and people do it, so they must have a thing that I don't have. And partially that was true. They had better material and (laughs) lots of practice. But I also was stopping myself because I thought I didn't have that ability to be fearless. I really thought that it was like, oh, you either have this or you don't. Like, this is a thing that I needed to have to be able to do it. And I think that's true about a lot of things that people don't try. They f- and and you know they kind of lock themselves up about it because they're like, I can't ever do that because I'm not 
already funny or already fearless or already brave. And there, and it's like, hold on, there's just there's a practice portion of this. There almost is with everything. Always. Like there really is. I mean, and and that's kind of like a bit of dialogue. I'm really glad that I've been able to hear over and over to be like, oh, yep, this is just like that. Just practice. Let's get better. Let's fucking you know be awesome at this. Absolutely. He, being a political guy, right, Pete jumps into Second Amendment stuff. Uh-huh. And he's not a fan of guns, right? Yep. Uh, he doesn't like the shootings, the school shootings. I mean, who does, right? <laughs> I don't think anybody right. likes them, yeah. No. But he's talking about, like, banning of the weapons. He's definitely focused on that. You see internationally, like, I'm from England. We don't have mass shootings no, over there. Of course we don't not. have the guns. And the, really, it. you're not having them in countries where you don't have it. Um, it it's a it's a strange one to talk about because the Second Amendment is so messy, and I mean, being that it is like it's this interpretation. Well, right? yeah, I it's mean, like it's we can have guns, yeah. all the guns, every gun, some. Like, where the fuck do you draw exactly. the line? There's so many different exactly. types. It's like what muskets? Yeah, right. Maybe only muskets. Well, I mean, there's so much debate about it. I tend to lean towards the idea that the Second Amendment was more about states having their own militias. And yeah, you and people would store their their gear at their home because there weren't bases and shit. So you had to have your muskets in your home and things like that. Um, and it's just become a complete distortion. Uh, a friend of mine put it on twitter the other day put it really well he's like a lot of kids are dying and a lot of people are dying because people have a hobby they don't want to give up i don't know if it's that simple but sometimes it feels that simple sometimes it's like why does does anybody need an ak-47 like do you don't need it for hunting what kind of like to quote jim jeffries what kind of enemies do you have that you need an ak-47 like what the hell (laughs) is going on that you you're not going to get rid of all the guns. Nobody's going to. It's just not going to happen. There's just too many in this country. But I definitely think we could have. I think there's a real meeting of the minds, to be perfectly honest, amongst most people in this country that there is a massive difference between somebody who has a handgun, they keep it in their a safe in their bedroom for safety or whatever, or somebody that likes to go to the shooting range, or somebody that goes hunting with a rifle. And there's a massive difference between those people and people that have fucking arsenals because they think the government's coming to take all their shit and they're gonna, and they need them to overthrow the government in case the government becomes too tyrannical. Not forget that they have drones and like B2, B52 spy planes and B2 bombers and all that bullshit. As if your AK 47 would make a goddamn dent. But I, and that's, that's one of the frustrating things. The fact that I think most people are in agreement that you don't need the, those weapons of war, those horrible fucking killing machines. Um, and you just have people that our representatives just won't do anything about it. They just won't. So here we are. You, you know, it is interesting, though. And I'd never heard the dialogue before I moved to America because we don't have guns in sure, England, you know, course. really. And it never made sense to me. Like, it was easy being English just to, like, when you hear about other countries, just be like, oh, well, of course they're doing stupid shit because, 
you know, we're England, <laughs> right. and that doesn't make sense. Like, you shouldn't have guns, and you shouldn't do this, and there should be hell. Like, you only know your way of doing things. Um, and I was I was 13, so what the fuck? I didn't know anything. Barely know anything now. <laughs> uh, so I moved to the U.S., and then I remember, because I moved to New Mexico, it's pretty pro-gun, even though it's a fairly liberal state for, like, a southern yeah. state. Um, they, you know, you're having real dialogues with people that are, you know, they knew more about shit than me. They were older than me. They and I was like, wow, I'm actually hearing different sides of stuff, and th- this is really interesting. On on, on a debate, I thought had already been mm-hmm. established. It was like, oh, this is the answer. They no, it's me- it's muddier than this. But I remember hearing that it actually would be um, really fucking difficult for the government to come, to, like, to conquer the people in a sense. Like, obviously, like, a not a civil, you know, just like when the government just says, right, we're going to fucking arrest everyone in Texas and, like, or sure. whatever. It's just like, when that was explained to me, they're like, trust me, they've got so many guns, it would be a fucking nightmare. Like, not even the, the reality that, like, you know, troops, American troops aren't going to turn on their own people, or at least not in mass, and there would be the, all those issues. But all that aside, mm-hmm. just weaponry alone even though the u.s government and the military have obviously better weapons and lots of them they it would be a fucking nightmare so it was interesting because i'm like holy shit well that wouldn't be the case for england like the the british army could just walk through towns arresting everyone what are we gonna do throw rocks at them there'd be like one farmer that had a Mm -hmm. shotgun now it's very unlikely this would happen but to think that in the the most powerful military country in the world by far couldn't even take its own people for whatever that means was just a fascinating dynamic to me i'm like oh that's pretty it's, interesting it, that's that's now, certainly an argument it's, it's not really certainly a, an argument that's being made i don't necessarily buy it because i think i mean uh, one guy with his you know even one guy with an ak-47 against a whole platoon is fucked or a drone or a sniper that's you know a two blocks away no chance just no fucking chance not done doesn't have the training things like that okay you get if you get if they form their own platoon their own militia like you've seen and they pose a real threat drone strike done like it's just to the point it's like any type of resistance is pretty much going to be snuffed out anyway yeah but i think it's i think it's the idea of like what goes on in afghanistan it's like that guerrilla true true, true true It's just like people are hiding, coming out of the woodwork. Like you don't even know who to strike. You know, it's not like they could just kill everyone. I get it. I, I, mean, I get that. I completely. They, they, it's something I, like that. I, I, I don't know the point of the argument. No, I, I mean, I don't. I, I don't really take no, it as I get like, the point. oh, this is persuasive for pro. I get this. I get the. Um, I get the argument in terms of like they. It's protection against a potential um, totalitarian government against an abusive government. Um, things like that. What you what you're doing with that is you're trading one security for another. You're trading the potential to fight back against um, totalitarianism for what is a problem today, which is crazy people get guns, they shouldn't have them, and then they go kill people with them. And there, it, more people die in car accidents than like shootings in the united states but it has but car accidents 
you assume a certain level of risk when you leave your house. You assume a certain level of risk when you get in your car and you drive anywhere. We take precautions. We, you know, we do safety tests. We wear seatbelts. We have airbags. Those are things we do. You don't really assume a certain level of risk when you go to fifth grade. So the psychological impact is far greater because those are sweet little kids for the most part. And they don't deserve to be massacred in their classrooms. You know, sure. things like that. Now, okay, so let's... So it sounds like your your major motivation mm-hmm. behind not liking guns in general is the is, Yeah, is to prevent all the right? gun murders. And, and suicides. Right. You know, but people have suicidal thoughts. If they have a gun with them... Boom! You can do it. It's instant. There's no pump in your stomach. There's no. There's no. There's no getting you to the hospital if you've cut your wrist. Gun is permanent. It's done. It's over. Yeah, but they, see, that's a uh, that's a messier one though because you're in, unless you have some facts I don't know about. You're assuming mm-hmm. right that if you take the guns away, then there will be less suicides. I'm assuming there'll be right? less suicides by gun. I'm not su- assuming there'd be less suicides. Well, of course, there'd be no guns. Um, but I mean, if there's the same amount of suicides, then w- really, what part did the gun play in that? Other than it made it, it made happen. it happen, but it's <laughs> that would be like banning the medication that people are over. No, but you can on. pump their stomach. It's. I'm just saying, guns are permanent. Bullet bullet wounds are permanent to the head. You know, you can pump a stomach. Right, what happens if everyone starts hanging themselves? You're gonna ban ropes. Is it is it an epidemic? If it is, yeah, then maybe we start talking about banning ropes. If people are gonna, no, I'm just saying it's the if it's the same amount of people. possibly. Well, right, so no, they, but okay, if it's, so but if it's not just but it's not just suicide. But if all of a sudden you have an epidemic of people going into schools and hanging children, and if you have people hanging themselves, and you have people going into banks and using ropes to uh, threaten people to give them the money, or we're gonna hang all of you. If it be, if it gets to that proportion then yeah i think we need to start talking about rope safety it's not going to get there because that doesn't pose nearly as huge a threat as guns do and again i'm not i'm actually not advocating getting rid of all guns i think there's a huge difference in owning a personal weapon and owning a rifle for hunting versus having weapons of war which is what most of these people that are committing these atrocities are doing i'm completely my philosophy is if they use it in the movie predator we shouldn't have it there you go. That's it. <laughs> That's a good that uh, that I can yeah. agree with. A machine gun that has underneath a rocket yeah. launcher thing, grenade yeah. launcher, that is definitely not needed for any sort At of all. hunting. hunting <laughs> I mean, especially. Jesus. Right. So so here's some stats. Right. 2016, 38,658 um, mm-hmm. gun deaths. This is from what the the center of uh, the what is it? The Department of Fuck. Where did the I get this from? Of fuck. Uh, the Department of Fuck. No, I just wanted to cite where it was from. Oh, the Center of Disease Control. I don't know why they're, they're actually doing not that. allowed to do um, the... gun studies. Mm-mm. They're not. I mean, they're, they're not allowed to. It says figures from the Center they, of Disease Control. They probably have stats, the but they're not actually website. allowed to do. They're forbidden by law for doing prevention. Uh, show there were a ton to. Okay, all right. Well, it is what it, it is. What it says. Maybe it's not good, but I just wanted to cite where I'm getting this. No, from, they can so have I'm stats, just, like, but they can't actually do their own bullshit. studies. Thirty-eight thousand deaths, 2016. 22,000 suicides, almost twenty-three. 
14,000 mm-hmm. homicides, 71 died in mass shootings. So as a percentage, super tiny. As but again, to your point, exactly. Yeah. How, yeah, and they, and it sucks and it's horrendous and none of those kids should yeah. die. And, and yeah, they all kind of use the same weapons it's in those things. Like right? They're always like those semi-automatic, yeah. yeah. Those need to go because it would take a lot longer if you only had a little handgun. A lot longer, maybe a knife them. or anything. And not to mention that right. these people are these people should never have gotten these weapons in the first place. Period. They're, they're I mean, they're lunatics. A lot of time, they don't. Twenty two thousand suicides. Yeah, though. dude. Jesus, how many suicides do you think they have per year in the United States? No, I have no idea. No idea. Man, this podcast really took a turn for the uh, depressive. You know, if we're not we're talking, talking about, about real shit. People getting shot and Yeah, but it's it's kind of like it is eye opening. And I enjoy these conversations when they're when they're calm. Oh, absolutely. You know? It's like if t- if there's two sides and they're just arguing, arguing and they, they're really holding on to their end, I mean, you just never find that mm-hmm. middle ground. You just it's so difficult well, to and get. Again, there. it goes back to the idea yeah. I think there is a for the most part, a a real middle ground in this country, like substantial, like I would say in the 80 to 90%, most people could agree that on the idea of like background checks, most people could agree that you shouldn't have a movie, a gun they used in the movie predator. Like most people can get behind those. And I think there, I think there really is a meeting in the minds on that, but I do think you have both sides that are, that make the progress, the process toxic. And I think you have, um, you have groups that have vested interests in the status quo, and you can't discount that. It just can't be discounted. Yeah, I mean, Pete. Pete had a good breakdown for. It. He had a lot of good ideas. That's what I really liked about the podcast. He had great ideas about healthcare and how to restructure that and make it work. And I've been hearing more. I mean, he didn't go in great detail, but I mean, he, he covered it. He knows some stuff like that. He's very passionate about it. And and he's not a lunatic mm-hmm. as well. You know what I mean? Like is when you hear that someone's either a liberal or a Republican and they have their own show, I'm always trying to watch out to like see how extreme sure. they are with it because I kind of pull away. I don't care what side of the aisle you are on. If you're a little too extreme with either one, I, I the only way to get there is to kind of like block out listening to the other side at all and you know then you're just repeating your own voice in a sense and i i feel like you you lose you lose me on it anyway like things need to be somewhat somewhat kind of balanced i love and i love a good <clears> challenge <throat> together to my beliefs and uh, and things like that i think it keeps people grounded i like to stay out of the bubble i don't like to listen to i don't i don't want to always listen to people that disagree with me but I want to hear both sides and I want them challenged. I want, you know, I want to hear that. I want to hear like, okay, this 2% tax. How is that really going to work? I want to hear, I don't want just like, I don't want pie in the sky, hopeful bullshit. I really want, I want to get down to the nuts and bolts of how do things work? You know, it, that's just how I am. It keeps me out of the, uh, keeps me out of the weeds. Yeah. It it makes sense. It makes sense to do it that way. And I mean, what was also interesting about it, and they they did smoke some weed on the show, and then Pete kind of was almost getting a little argumentative mm-hmm. with Joe 
kind of, or at least really defensive, sure. it's easy for that to slip in, especially when you're talking about a polarizing issue because you're almost expecting the person you're talking to to be disagreeing. Exactly. And it, it just kind of creeps in. And, and it was cool that Joe was like able to bring it back right. a little bit and be like, hey, I'm not disagreeing. I'm not fighting with you. We're just talking. Like, it's cool. I know he's a bit stoned, but... <laughs> but uh, people get passionate it, about It was stuff, good. They, they do. The, the last thing in their podcast that I really enjoyed is how, when Joe was talking about his three different jobs that he does, right? He's got the UFC, he does the comedy, and then mm-hmm. the podcast. And I think he brought that up to Pete because he's like, look, if you can, you're doing, you're out of serious now, so start your podcast, you've still got your comedy. And then he just made that really good point about, like, I have three jobs because I just don't believe that any one of them is going to last. Mm. And it's like this diversification of work. And I love that idea. To me, it's like when you hear people working two jobs, you're like, oh, poor thing. They're just like straining <laughs> themselves. All the way. But it, but in a way, it's really cool if you think about like, all right, most of us work 40 hours a week. Why not split it up with two different things? Like you have multiple jobs. Like I mean, four. it's it, it probably is. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it probably is mentally really good to know not any one of them can control your it life. It is. Certainly keeps me uninvested in a lot of them, which makes me happier. <laughs> right. And you and in a way you could also just walk out Absolutely. too. If someone gives you too much shit, I you're don't like, need fuck this you. Shit. I don't need to yep. put up with this. <laughs> it's very empowering. Exactly. And and flipping it around from Pete feeling very vulnerable and out of work to like having ideas about being or you know, almost like overly empowered. Mm-hmm. I I really like that dynamic shift. He he felt he seemed just really hopeful by the end of the conversation. Uh, so yeah, yeah I'm a bit great. of a fan of that guy. I like I like I like what he was saying, for sure. Well, that's, that's it. it, boys. That's our reviews for today. Thank you as always for listening. Message us on uh, Joe Rogan Experience Review at Gmail You follow us on Instagram. All the links are in the oh, bio. Yeah. And uh, there'd be some links for the – we'll put some links up too for the the little sketch that Joe did with Artie Lang on, on Mad TV. It's pretty funny. I'm going to be doing more of those, more of the links. So anything that you see on Joe's podcast, if they talk about a book, if they talk about um, – you know, because obviously a lot of people are just listening to this. They're not watching yeah. the YouTube. Um, you miss those little clips. So I try and put as many up as I can so you can always find them on our, on our page. But that's it, guys. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Thanks, brother. Mark.